the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Friday, October the 8th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1871, the Great Chicago Fire erupted. Fires also broke out in Pichetto, Wisconsin, and in several communities in Michigan. I don't think anybody thought they were connected, but the Great Fire of Chicago was something to behold. It began in southwest Chicago, possibly in a barn that was owned by Patrick and Catherine O'Leary. In fact, the story is, they denied it, but the story is that their cow kicked over a lantern. The lantern set some hay on fire, and there were strong southwesterly winds that day. The fire was fanned by those strong winds. The flames raged for more than 24 hours. Eventually, it leveled three and a half square miles of Chicago and wiped out one-third of the city. Approximately 250 people were killed in the fire. 98,500 people were left homeless. 17,450 buildings were destroyed. Well, if I were the O'Leary's, I would probably deny that my cow kicked over the lantern or anything else that would connect me to that tragedy. But nonetheless, it happened. Today in 1897, journalist Charles Henry Dow He's the founder of the Wall Street Journal. He began charting trends of stocks and bonds. You've heard of the Dow Jones. This was Charles Henry Dow. Today in 1934, Bruno Hapman, he was indicted by a grand jury in New Jersey for murder in the death of the kidnapped son of Charles and Anne Morrow Lindbergh. Today in 1945, President Harry S. Truman, he told the press conference in Tennessee that the Secret scientific knowledge behind the atomic bomb would be shared only with Britain and Canada. Today in 1956, Don Larson pitched, this is just for baseball fans, <clears throat> Don Larson pitched the only perfect game in world in the World Series to date. The New York Yankees beat the Brooklyn Dodgers game five, two to nothing. That's significant to me. If you like baseball, that's a pretty big deal. Nobody else has ever done it. I also remember that my dad and I watched that game together. My dad was born in Idaho. He grew up in Spokane, then moved to Yakima and met my mother, and they lived happily ever after But in in Yakima in central Washington. But I don't know why he was such a big um, Brooklyn Dodgers fan. My dad, he'd never been to Brooklyn. I don't think he was ever there in his life. But he liked the Brooklyn Dodgers, and he lamented that they lost more than he celebrated that somebody had pitched a perfect game in a baseball game. That means, you know, no hits, no air, whatever. So no scores. So uh, that's my memory. Thank you for indulging me. My dad and I had a, had a great relationship. I, uh, we were very close. My mother and I were, too. My dad and I did a lot of things together. I miss him. When I particularly baseball sometimes causes me to think about him. I'm sure you have <clears throat> some of those experiences and little trigger points in 
your heart, your mind that cause you to remember certain things or certain people? Today, in 1998, the House triggered an open-ended impeachment inquiry against President Bill Clinton. 258 to 176 votes. 31 Democrats voted to impeach him or to proceed in a nationally televised impeachment hearing. Ten years ago today, Scott Anderson, he became the first openly gay, homosexual, ordained Presbyterian minister during a ceremony at Covenant Presbyterian Church in Madison, Wisconsin. That has continued. It has split the Presbyterian denomination. It is splitting the Methodist, the United Methodist denomination. It is tearing at the very fabric of churches in various denominations or affiliated groups. It is a deadly practice. That's why God is so strong in his word about that sin. Yes, it's only one sin of many sins that the Bible directly speaks to. But there is an urgency in the Bible regarding that sin, that abomination. And we see the results of it in our culture and even in our churches. God did not intend for men to be with men and women to be with women. That is not his plan. It is destructive beyond words. And until we can figure that out, we're going to be living with some of the consequences of it. We see some of them even now as I speak. On a lighter note, one other thing I wanted to mention to you. I just happened to see this just before we went on the air. Uh, talking about history. Today in 1906, this guy named Carl Ludwig Nessler, he first demonstrated this machine in London that puts permanent waves in people's hair. It was, of course, created for women at that time, but for anyone who had long hair. But it would put permanent waves in people's hair. Here's how it worked. This was today in 1906. It was a big deal. The client would wear a dozen brass curlers, each of them weighing two pounds. And they would keep those on their head for six hours. And then they would have wavy hair. If you're interested, I <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I can put you in touch with those people now. Boy, I'll tell you, President Joe Biden's approval ratings have fallen to a record low. A Quinnipiac poll out this week shows that only 38% of Americans now approve of his presidency, the lowest since he took office. It's pretty amazing. Lindsey Graham was on um, Fox last night with, uh, I think it was Hannity. Yeah, he was on Hannity's show last night, Senator Lindsey Graham. He was lamenting that the Republicans blinked after initially vowing not to help the Democrats raise the debt ceiling. He added that the Senate Minority Leader, Mitch McConnell, he's a Republican from Kentucky. I think most of you know who Mitch McConnell is. He struck a deal yesterday, or actually last night, but yesterday during the course of the day. I talked about this yesterday in the morning. We originated at 9 o'clock in the morning, as you know. And I was talking about it and suggesting that that looked like it might happen. Well, it did happen after we were off the air and last night. So these guys were talking about it and 
Lindsey Graham was pretty upset about it. He, he said they blinked after initially vowing not to help the Democrats raise the debt ceiling. He added the Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell but struck this deal with the Democrats shows them that the Republican side is all talk and no action. Well, <laughs> Graham is pretty smart. He's very outspoken, and I agree with him. But he wasn't the only one that was saying that. He went on to say, though, that he told Hannity, he said, for two months we promised the American people that we would not help the Democratic Party raise the debt ceiling so they could spend $3.5 to $5 trillion through reconciliation. At the end of the day, he said, we blinked. Two things have happened. He said, we let our own people down, and we made the Democrats believe we are all talk and no action. Well, they're making some Republicans think that as well. I might be very close to being in that group. I don't know why our elected officials run on one thing, and I'm talking about Republicans, so-called conservatives. I don't know why they run on one thing when they're home, whether it's in Washington or Oregon or Idaho or Kentucky, where Mitch is from. And they say one thing to the public. They know what we want to hear. And then they go to Washington, D.C. And it happens in Olympia and Boise and Salem as well. But then they go to the Capitol where we elected them and paid their salary, and they don't do what we, what they promised us they would do if we would vote for them. I know that I'm a simple man, but boy, can't we get to a point where somebody will tell us what they really believe and then go there and do it? I don't know. Anyway, that's what's happening. Hannity, as you can imagine, was agreeing with all of the guys that were saying that because he later spoke to Trump and Trump criticized the minority leader McConnell as well. In fact, Trump said he, he said, we threw them a lifeline. He said the Democrats were sinking on this budget thing. And he said, we threw them a lifeline and said, yeah, we'll bail you out for a while. They pushed it off till December. And then Trump said, Donald Trump said to Hannity, he said, this was last night. He said, I've been saying it for a long time. Mitch isn't the guy, not the right guy. He's not doing the job. He gave them a lifeline. It's more than a lifeline. He gave them so much time now to figure out what to do because they were in a real big bind. Well, that's typically Trump, but it's typically true. Uh, that's exactly what they did. And I don't know how far the Republicans will go to accommodate the craziness of the left. I hope that somebody can put on the brakes, but it doesn't appear if they would just look at the polls and look at what people are, are thinking and feeling today in America, they would be looking at this very differently. I don't know. It just, it, it's, it's, sometimes it's very troubling and it's, it's concerning to me for sure. But sometimes I, I just think, is this real? I mean, do these people re live in the real world? Do they really know their constituency? I don't know. Maybe they lose track. I know one thing, though. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Me is Jesus. Isaiah the prophet wrote in chapter 26, verse 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. God is our hope. He is our sure hope. In the time of trouble, in the storms, in the difficulties, in the setbacks, whatever happens in life, God 
is our anchor. His word is a light in the storm, a light unto our path. He shows us the way. I am at peace with that because I trust the Lord. And I know many of you do as well. I hope all of you do. We're living in troubled, perilous times. There is no question about that. I would rather be telling you that things are great. They're not. But God is great. God is good. And God is faithful. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Closer look at the findings of the poll that I mentioned a few moments ago not only reveals a great deal about the man, Mr. Biden. And I want to talk to you a little bit about him, not in, in a way of criticizing. That's not my heart. I mean, please understand that. It's critical what I have to say, but it isn't a critical spirit that I'm trying to uh, sort of put out there this morning. Is I want to just talk about, I mean, from a point of view of leadership and the nation, and where we're going as a country. I love America, and I think many of you do as well. And yet there are those among us who live off the bounty of America and the opportunities. And believe me, if you've traveled the third world countries as I have, there is a difference, a great difference. But I see us moving in some of the directions and doing some of the things, America, that third world countries do. I've watched it firsthand. I've been there. I've seen them, the Banana Republic, in action. Sometimes some of the things we're doing here and allowing to happen in our country among leadership at the highest levels reminds me of some of these dirty little dusty places I've been in the back dark corners of the world. Not America. Blessed by God beyond almost beyond knowledge. I mean, we can't hardly assess how God has blessed us. And some people refuse to do so because they don't want God to get any credit for it. They want their political party to get credit for it or they themselves. But a closer look at what some of the polls that are coming out, and I know polls can be different, but boy, when you look at a lot of them, and I spent some time yesterday looking at a whole bunch of polls. I mean, some of them lean way left. Some are more kind of moderate. A couple that I looked at are lean more to, to the conservative side and the way you can tell is by the way they ask the questions i mean they can kind of influence the answers or their responses and some do i mean they just do but if you look at a whole bunch of polls you get kind of a a trend or you get a uh, you get a, a trajectory of what people are thinking in america and then if you're just an ordinary person like most of us are you kind of know what you think and then you find out that you're not the only one that thinks that so out of that context it's interesting President Biden is being hammered on all sides right now. His approval rating continues its downward slide. It's a number that he hasn't seen since taking office. It seems like he's been in office 10 years, but he's only been in office a few months. He received negative scores in double digits on almost all. There was only one um, issue, and I, I can't even remember what it was now, that where he didn't have a negative score, it was still kind of even, kind of a 50-50 thing. But the response to coronavirus, his response, 48% of Americans, this is all Americans, all political parties, persuasions, and so on. 48% approve of the way he's handling it, 50% disapprove. On the economy, 39% approve of Biden's policies, 
55% disapprove. On his job as commander-in-chief of the U.S. military, 37% approve, 58% disapprove. Taxes, 37% approve, 54% disapprove. Foreign policy, 34% of Americans approve of what he's doing, 58% disapprove. On immigration, only 25% of America think he's doing the right thing. 67% say no, he's not. Many Americans who voted for Joe Biden, they thought they were voting for a so-called moderate Biden, kind of a like in the middle sort of a thing, but the politician. But as it's turned out very quickly, Biden has chosen to align himself with the far left radical progressive wing of the political party. He's closer to Bernie Sanders than he is to a Joe Manchin or or Kristen Cinema in um, Arizona. Independents have particularly been shocked at the political positions he's taken because many of them voted for him. They're not going to vote for him again. I mean, they're saying that. Joe Biden is not the guy they thought he was. One of the questions that was on a number of polls asked, do you believe the president, Biden, cares about average Americans? 49% said yes, 48% said no, but that's compared to in April, just April. Compared to 58% in April thought he did, and 30% said no. So that has changed almost 10 points in just a few months. Do you believe President Biden is honest? 44% say yes, 50% say no. But in April, 51% thought he was honest and 42% thought he was not. They've changed their mind. And it continues to change. His good leadership skills. 41% says he has good leadership skills. 56% say no, he does not. I saw a number of polls about the next election. Last summer in 2020, Cato, they published a national survey that found self-censorship is on the rise in the United States. Nearly two-thirds, 62% of Americans, said they were afraid to express publicly what they really believe. Have you ever had that experience? I suspect maybe you have. Most have. I, I probably have, but I don't remember. I just say it, but I, I try to be appropriate. I mean, but... 62% of Americans say they have been afraid and are afraid to express publicly what they really believe. I don't know if that involves their their Christian, their faith, but it certainly is addressed to their political beliefs and what they believe about the culture. Cato noted that the fear crossed partisan lines. Cato's poll found that majorities of Democrats, 52%, Independents, 59%, and Republicans, 77%, all agree they've had political opinions that they were afraid to share and other opinions. There's a Monmouth University poll out there that found that more Americans were happy about Trump, Trump's loss than Biden's win. That raises the issue. This last election, I mean, it is what it is. I believe it was there was corruption to the core. I'm not trying to get... Trump reinstated. I mean, in my mind, that's not where I am now. I We need to look at what is and trust the Lord and move forward. I mean, that's what we need to do. But 
this Monmouth University poll points out something that that is interesting, and we should pause on that just for and just be aware. More Americans were happy that they defeated Trump than they were happy that Biden had won. And sometimes if we allow hate to drive us in our decision-making, and this can apply to our lives as well, our personal lives, if we, if we allow um, grievances in relationships, if we allow various things that happen and we can't quite let it go, we can't forgive someone, we can't forgive maybe a spouse that walked out of our life, broke up a home or whatever, if we can't let go of that, that always leads, if we hold on to, to hate or, or just, you know, bad feelings, it always leads to a bad outcome. That's why the Bible is so clear about forgiving and so on. And I'm not trying to overreach here to make a connection. We're talking about politics on the one hand and on personal relations on the other, but there is a principle involved here. And I think some of the bad outcome that we're seeing in the nation today, and I'm not blaming anyone, any group of people, I'm just saying some of the outcomes that we're dealing with now, and I think they're going to get worse before they get better, unfortunately, is because people voted out of hatred for Trump more than they did believing that Joe Biden was the guy. I think they would have voted for anyone that would have been, I mean, could, could, I should not say this, but could the Democrats have come up with anyone less qualified given all of where Mr. Biden is today? I mean, cognitively, he's in decline. I understand we all get over 40 or whatever, and sometimes we forget things. Well, he's there, and he's running the most powerful nation in the world. And a lot of people are asking, who's calling the shots now? I mean, we don't know for sure. Maybe Susan Rice, maybe that McLean guy that works in the office. I can't remember his first name. I mean, unknown people, unelected people are calling the shots. It's for sure. Biden is going along, you know, I mean, it's almost puppet-like. That's where we are today. And I think I think if we just take a step back and look at this, when, when, we're, when our motives are other than the best for the country, even if it turns out that they're not, if, if we take that approach, it's a lot more wholesome. And I think that that brings us to a much better outcome. But it's interesting. It's interesting that more people were pleased that Trump was defeated than that were pleased by a lot than were pleased that Biden had won. Todd Bledgett worked in the Ronald Reagan White House some years ago in June. He wrote an op-ed for his hometown newspaper, the Des Moines Register newspaper. Des Moines Register always plays pretty heavily, in, especially in primary elections. But in the elections, they, they have a lot of influence for a smaller city. He's making the case that Trump, in his op-ed, he's making the case that Trump could win the 2024 election because if only 23,000 votes spread across a few states flipped, he says, that would put Trump back in the White House. Well, he's right on that. I don't know that we should be obsessed. I mean, we need to kind of move forward and let happen what happens and seek God for his direction. That's my take. But he says in his article, and I understand, I agree with most of what he's saying. I, I just 
question the wisdom to be so maybe almost obsessed with like getting Trump back in office. We just need to be, if we're obsessed, it needs to be with allowing God to lead and guide us individually and collectively as a nation. And that's how we should pray, in my opinion. But anyway, he says in this article, he says, as Biden and Kamala Harris foment this destructive insanity, many pro-USA citizens justifiably feel like horrified, handcuffed, blindfolded passengers in the backseat of a vehicle being driven by a drunkard at 100 miles an hour. Well, I would, I get that. He said, when Ronald Reagan visited Des Moines in the fall of 1980, he told me that his opponent, President Jimmy Carter, made it easy for him because of how badly he screwed things up. Will Biden do the same? He concludes that he will. There's no question there's buyer's remorse. Should Trump run again? As I said, we need to prayerfully consider and let God direct each of us. And I think there can be a collective response to that. But it is a spiritual matter. Wayne Allen Root wrote an interesting article uh, yesterday for Town Hall. Or, or he, put it, he put it out in May, but they republished it again. It's titled, Why the American People Have Turned Against Biden, and They Have. He knows that there are several reasons for this. He says Americans don't believe he's the rightful president because of the election. That is true. Secondly, he says no one in their right mind believes that he got more votes than former President Obama and Clinton. And I would be one of those. He didn't get 83 million votes. I mean, he just didn't. And thirdly, Root says Americans have seen the radical Biden agenda that wants to take over America clearly penetrated by globalists who want to destroy this country. I've come to that slowly, but I believe that may be true. They've seen the vile hatred that was directed at Trump and now conservatives in general. They've seen the mayor of Chicago announce that she will only do interviews with journalists who are not white because of racism. She's practicing racism, which she condemns. And that's the confused world we live in. He goes on to talk about that, but that's his point of view. President James Garfield hundred years after the Constitution was created, he wrote an article, and I want to leave you with this today. He wrote an article titled, A Century of Congress. It was published in The Atlantic. In it, he said this, Now more than ever, the people are responsible for the character of their Congress. If that body be ignorant, reckless, or corrupt, it's because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. If it be intelligent, brave, and pure, it's because the people demand these high qualities to represent them in the national legislature. If the next centennial does not find us a great nation, it will be because those who represent the enterprise, the culture, the morality of the nation, do not aid in controlling the political forces. I think Americans are getting a little intolerant. I believe, as he said, as Garfield said, I believe it's time for Americans to become a little more engaged in what's happening here, and particularly where Christians are concerned, I believe that God is calling us in our hearts to take responsibility and do what's right. And I'm talking about those who have voted for the left and these leftist policies, who claim to be followers and are followers of Jesus Christ. I don't know how you can reconcile your beliefs with this kind of an outcome because of your vote. And I think we need to pray about this. We need to put it before the Lord and allow the Lord to speak to our heart about these matters. And I don't mean that politically. I mean it spiritually. 
Hey, thanks for being with me today, and thank you for your support. We need it. Our source of support, the reason that we're on the air, is because of you. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.